Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey. hey, everybody. Hello from 88.9 Road in Milwaukee. I'm Justin Barney. And from Milwaukee Film, I'm Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about the tragedy of Macbeth. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. The new film from Joel Cohen, not the Cohen brothers this time, but just Joel Cohen, mm-hmm. uh, is the tragedy of Macbeth. If you are unfamiliar with this story from Bill Shakes, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Macbeth, played by Denzel Washington, is the thane of Glamis. He receives a prophecy from a trio of witches that one day he'll become the king of Scotland. Then he becomes consumed by ambition and he's spurred to action by his wife, Lady Macbeth, we're all familiar, and uh, and to murder the king and take the throne for himself. If you've not seen this before, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, you know, no spoilers because it's 400 years old. Yeah, it's it's, it's, been, done, it's yeah. been done a couple times. Yeah, it's been once or twice. Justin, so as you know, I was a bit laid up. And I did mm. not get to see the movie. Right. Which hurts me to my foundation. The tragedy of K Polly. The tragedy. Exactly. <laughs> I have my own terrible, terrible prophecy that came true. Right. But you did see it. So what did you think about the tragedy of Macbeth? I loved the tragedy of Macbeth. I expected no less. The, the tragedy of Macbeth. You know, less is more when it comes to this version of Macbeth. Going into it, I knew that it was Cohen of the Cohen brothers. It's Jill Cohen of the Cohen brothers. They have done uh, the Big Lebowski, Fargo. Um, do you feel? Do you feel like the Big Lebowski prepared you to watch <laughs> Macbeth? Uh, yes. Well, yeah. it's like they know how to tell a story, and uh, you know. And then, so I knew that it was these this great director. It's Francis McDormand, who is married to Joel Cohen. Yeah. It is uh, Denzel Washington plays Macbeth. Who it's is in black- married to Ethan Cohen. <laughs> I believe. It's, it's in black and white. And I think key here is that it's an hour and a half. And so a lot of the Macbeths are like two and a half hours. But I, when I saw that, I was like, that's great because that's about as much Shakespeare <laughs> as people can take. And that I am surprising. included. And I think that that was honestly, I think it was such a key was pairing everything in this movie back. I mean, this is Macbeth at its bare essentials. Even its aspect ratio is like one to one. It's in black and white. That's interesting. The each like. Each frame is pared down. There's not a whole lot of dressing. At times, it is like this kind of like abstraction on screen. People enter from the corner of the screen or get real close. It's 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 very pared back and austere. And the lines themselves, what he chooses to show in this Macbeth, I think are the clearest. I watched four other versions of Macbeth to prepare for this. And even knowing the story, all four of those left the motives to be cloudy or left some of the, yeah, left some of the characters because it's also, it's in the language of Shakespeare, which is confusing. 
You know, it's like it's not very straightforward and you really kind of had to figure it out. But the really the pairing back helps you on this. And also Denzel Washington helps you on this a lot. I mean, Macbeth is meant for the stage. It's meant to be shouted to the back row. And when you're shouting, it's really hard to like kind of get that the natural dynamics of people talking. Yeah. And uh, Denzel is like his delivery and McDormand's delivery and everyone else's. There's Alex Hassel is in this and he does a great job of like delivering Shakespeare in a way that like you would say a sentence to me, you know, and it really makes you like understand that. And that really the way that they like brought this this kind of like smallness and like, like the interpersonal dialogue really helped understand it. I, I I think that normally you watch normally I watch a Shakespeare movie like in a theater or on my own. And at the end of it, I'm like, I'm not thrilled. I'm like congratulating myself (laughs) being like, you watched Shakespeare. You are, you know, congratulations. Good boy. You're the real hero. (laughs) You're the real hero. You are now cultured. But I left this feeling like I, you know, like how I felt when I came out of Dune. I was like, pumped it was like that was awesome it was so great leaving the theater i was like so full of like excitement with just like how great the movie was well that's good i'm i'm so excited to see this and i'm going to see it before it leaves the theater for sure because i'm a huge fan of shakespeare films and i have a lot to say that runs counter to what you just said okay Uh, (laughs) otherwise why would we have a podcast right um but we're gonna talk more about this film other Macbeth adaptations. I watched four, so we've you got, watched four. We've got I saw, a lot. Yeah. I saw two recently, and I've seen cool. several in the past, and then other Shakespeare films in general, because I, I enjoy that topic. So we're going to get to that and what else we've been watching right after the break. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. It's the most charitable time of year and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, or boat and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day, and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars to schedule your free donation pickup today. And we're back. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. We're still talking about The Tragedy of Macbeth, the new movie from Joel Cohen. Yeah. Now, uh, we talked earlier about your approach, about your reaction, I would say, to Shakespeare movies in general. Yeah. I do I do think it is very interesting that this movie was an hour and a half. Why do you think that? Because it's, it's normally so long? Because, I mean, yeah. you. I, I mean, it's. I'm glad that it turned out well. And it is interesting. I genuinely think it's interesting to take something that dense and boil it down to its essentials, like you'd said. So I'm very yeah. interested in seeing it, but that doesn't happen very often. Well, I know. And, uh, and I watched like four other uh, versions of this movie. And uh, this was honestly the one that made the most sense. And I thought that we were going to like lose stuff because of that, but 
it, it really doesn't. There's kind of like in other ones, there's like McDuff is part of it and his kind of like his aspirations kind of get lost or there's like there's two you know heirs to the throne that run off and it's kind of like unclear like when they're coming back or like what they're doing there's banquo who's like his kind of like motives are all kind of cloudy too and the other versions kind of like hit on these large set pieces that are kind of like are the big spots in this but they kind of miss the the like inner drama of these characters or like what drives them or why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And there was the way that they told this one. And there was even, they included more stuff that some of the other four adaptations that I watched did not include. Oh, that's interesting. That gave kind of like background and intensity to the characters so that like when they, you know, they reach their, their parts in the movie, they really come through. Yeah, they. Uh, I read somewhere where they talked about like one of the characters who normally doesn't have as much to do in the play had a bigger role in this one. Um, yeah. So there's like interesting, and then Stephen Root. I'm really excited to see it. Stephen Root uh, played Porter, I believe, and they said he like stole the scenes he was in. Stephen Root, uh, for those of you who remember Office Space, is the one that was going to blow the building up. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yes, uh, he's in one scene, and he absolutely steals it okay, he's only in good. one scene but it's oh, like okay. he uh, he just absolutely kills it and that's like that's like one of the things that the coens do really well is they like their characters are you know really flesh out what is that thing that you always say like the economy of character yeah they're they're like economy of character they do that well in shakespeare yeah and so they're able to like where other adaptations like really rely heavily on macbeth and lady macbeth this one in just an hour and a half allowed a lot more characters to come in because of the way that they economize these characters, yeah. even in even by not changing the language, by right. using use the words the language, that Shakespeare yeah. wrote, right. which is like kind of like brilliant in itself. But it is like when he comes in and that is like what he does well. So what he, what other characters do well is they really in their body language and their tone and inflection. Yeah, yeah. He, you got what he was saying. You got that he was a jokester. You know, you well, got that what yeah. he was saying was funny. That's what the, that's what the interesting thing about Shakespeare on film or Shakespeare on stage, where it's meant to be, is that people always get so frustrated by the language, but mm -hmm. the language becomes ten times clearer when you have really good actors performing it because they know totally. how to say it, how it's meant to be said so you can understand it. And even if some of the words are foreign to you through context, and I always, I'll be honest, and this is what I wanted to talk about up at the top is that I am not a Shakespeare nerd because I'm not disciplined or smart. Neither enough. am I. Right. Same. However, however, I, I'm just saying I'm not, a, I can't be called a nerd because I'm not smart enough to be called a nerd. However, sure. I am a Shakespeare fan. I, I've read a lot. I've watched. I love Shakespeare adaptations. And I do love the language and I love the stories. So mm -hmm. the only thing keeping me from being a nerd is a bigger brain. <laughs> but um, so I've watched a lot of them. And I'm so this is why I'm genuinely interested, because I don't mind the length of the movies because of, there's so much depth and everything to them. But I can also see a studio saying in 2021. <laughs> when everyone is so stressed out and crazy, we cannot let you do 
a two and a half hour Macbeth movie right now. Totally. <laughs> let's let's compromise and let's do it. Well, an that's, hour and that's, a half. well, it's one of the things is like you're <laughs> like, how does Shakespeare still get made? And it is like it's one of those things where it is like a bit of vanity for the directors and the actors. It's like Cohen. You know, they've, he's done every single movie you can do, you know, and every single one is kind of like, you know, has elements of like slapstick and is is funny and noir. is also compelling noir. And they've done every genre. Um, and it's like it's it's like a victory lap for for Cohen yeah. to be like, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to make my own movie. I'm going to do Macbeth, you know, yeah. and then it's like they I know that he wanted Denzel Washington and they didn't think that. Denzel would agree to do Macbeth and he does you know yeah. he did you know they got Francis McDormand to do Lady Macbeth it's you know Joel Cohen and Francis McDormand are married one of the first uh performances that he saw of Francis McDormand was before she was an actress and she was a theater actress and she was yeah. performing Lady Macbeth oh that's and great. so uh, that goes like way back on that and it's like these they wanted they want to show that they can still do it too and sometimes it's just kind of like Sometimes it you can feel that it just yeah. feels like okay these are the actors wanting to and they always get you always get big actors to do Shakespeare sure. because it's the you know the most flattering thing you it's can a, do and it's a challenge to them too and it's a challenge and sometimes I don't know about you because I think you probably watch more than me but sometimes I watch those and I'm like this is just like this is just actors just you know well trying the, to show off and trying well, I to get that. do a thing i get that because that is like the height of your career is doing shakespeare everyone says mm-hmm. everyone every male actor wants to play hamlet uh and many you know actresses want to play hamlet honestly and that is a <laughs> something i would actually love to see i was actually thinking while watching a different version that it would be great to have a, a gender reversal uh because lady Macbeth is such a like a <laughs> such an interesting well, that's, character that's but also like I, a harsh really, character it's something i really want to get into with this one okay yeah. so uh, but wait so, before we get into that okay, okay, I just, okay, okay. finally i just want to say i get i beyond the fact that it's a challenge and it's vanity for an uh, actor to uh, actor and a director to do uh there is always a call for it it seems like there wouldn't be because there's so many people who are like oh shakespeare i don't get it blah 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 but right. you, do, you do get it. When you see it performed, most people genuinely do get it. And his stories are amazing. His, I mean, like we're talking about the Coen brothers, they've done every genre. Shakespeare's yeah. done so many genres. He's done so many fascinating stories that are copied or used today. And his language is unbelievably beautiful. It's so smart. There's mm-hmm. an entire book about phrases and words that we use today that he created just in yeah. his canon an yeah. entire world of common usage has been made. And so, in this one, there are ones that you know, double, double toil and trouble. I mean, you know that, you know Macbeth, yeah. even if you don't know it, out damn not, spot. You know, like, yeah, you know but not even. Lines. I'm not even talking about quotes. I'm talking right, about right, right. common phrases we use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, no one goes around going, oh, out damn spot. There, right, right, right. <laughs> right. But it, it's amazing. And I always understand. I always get why these movies are still made, not just for vanity, but because they're incredible stories and people genuinely do want to see them. So well, I, here's, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge flag waver for well well here's the thing I think a lot of them get made and they kind of get made and they're like okay well that exists another version of Macbeth it's been seven years we must have one there right. it is yeah. um, there are very few that I leave the theater thinking that could win best picture and oh, really? I honestly think that about this movie I mean there were there were I yeah. have watched 
four other versions of Macbeth this week. Yeah. I know what's going on. I know what's happening. And still, there were parts where I teared up in this version. I didn't yeah. tear up at any other version. There were parts where I, I was, I let out a, and I knew that it was coming, yeah. you know, but it was still like, it still managed to be shocking and surprising. Even though I watched four versions this week, I really think that this version is different. I left the theater just like on That's a great. high. It was, I can't wait. Yeah. So, I want to go and talk a little bit about the other versions so that, you know, we yeah. can talk about these a bit. So in the past week, I watched Orson Welles' 1948 yep. version. Have you seen that one? Absolutely. So that one, it was also really hard to watch because it's like not on any streaming service. I had to watch it on freaking YouTube. Oh, wow. It was a horrible viewing experience. But uh, that it's like that version is visually the closest to this version because it's black and white it's kind of like set on a stage the costumes are great it's kind of like uh equivalent in it's like cinematography and it's kind of like austere black and white you know kind of like very beautiful bordering on abstraction kind of thing so it's like visually it's the closest but like the whole gang in that movie just it like loses it somewhere in the middle and uh, it's it's stage acting it's not it's not film acting uh so i watched that one i watched throne of blood kurosawa's yeah. 1958 version yeah we need to talk about this for a minute okay <laughs> go ahead i i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out if i want to talk about all these and then talk about um uh, you know cuz the th i think the thing that I, I let me just make the point about the tragedy of Macbeth. Sure. Um, is is that uh, I the the version of Lady Macbeth was really different in the tragedy yes. of Macbeth. So so watching all these Lady Macbeth and I didn't know this going in. You know, you like the, before the, I was. Are you talking about the film Lady Macbeth? No, I'm talking about the oh, the, the character the character okay Ma yeah. Macbeth's wife. Gotcha. Um, and. In the, you know, going into this, I was like, Macbeth, I kind of know that story, but honestly, I didn't. And so, yeah. but then, like, watching these versions was nice to, like, you know, prepare myself for, to know, like, the beats of the movie going in. It's like, I knew the set list going into the concert, which was great. And I saw, like, other performances of it. And in, in some performances, people really play up Lady Macbeth as being kind of like the real, the like, it's kind of, in, in most versions, I would say Macbeth is kind of like at the whim of Lady Macbeth. He's kind of like, he is this prophecy was given. He kind of like has eyes for power, but then Lady Macbeth like seizes the opportunity and is like, no, you're doing it. And she's really kind of like the arch villain behind it. And, uh, in this version, the burden of the sinister deeds is really shared in an equ equitable way between Macbeth and Lady Macbeth in a way that I thought was really kind of like benefited both characters and benefited the story. Because at times it, it's like Macbeth is just, you know, he's he's a pawn to Lady Macbeth. And in this version, it's it is Macbeth that drives it and Lady Macbeth encourages him appropriately but is never never like takes over as the arch villain which i thought really uh i thought was a really uh really smart move in this well it's interesting i just i i saw it a long time ago and i just rewatched it yesterday and i was i was kind of uh stricken by no 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 no, no. that that's what? i'm talking i was talking about the tragedy of Macbeth. 
Oh, I see. Okay, well, that's exciting. That's exciting to see that yeah. version. Because, yeah, Cause with Throne of Blood. In Throne oh, of ahead. Blood, mm-hmm. Lady Macbeth is the driver. Yes. She, she is very much the one. So let's talk about Throne of Blood, 1958, Kurosawa. I mean, the, like, the Japanese director from, uh, you know, from that mid-modern era. And uh, um, this is his version of kind of like feudal Japan uh, Macbeth. And so you were saying that you watched it? Yeah, I, I watched it. And Kurosawa, I've only got a couple of those under my belt and for the longest time. Same. So he's kind of a blonde, blind spot. And I was so excited watching this movie. I absolutely adored this movie. And I was, it's beautifully shot. It's film noirish. Uh, and to me, and so I can't wait to see Tragedy Macbeth because to me, this one seemed the most accessible version that I've seen. Like it was incredibly clear to me watching this, what was happening. I mean, you don't have the Shakespearean language in it. However, right. the the plot points and the visual style of this really seems like a, a surprisingly accessible version of the it was, story. It was a lot more accessible and clear than the Orson Welles version. Yeah. Um, and also just the freaking costumes. I oh, mean, oh, everybody looks so cool. They do like the feudal Japan with the helmets, with that like gigantic almost circle. You it's know, so, it's amazing. And even though it's in black and white, I essentially saw it in color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can see the color in it without it being actually a color. The arrow scenes at the end. Oh, oh. my God. I've already started uh, forming a drawing for, <laughs> for, for this movie. Maybe oh, several of that. Yeah. Uh, but Toshiro Mifune is the most expressive, has the most expressive face I've ever seen. He does. I mean, to the point where it's like a it's, lot of times it's, it's not great. It's too no, much. I think it's great. I don't, I think it's too much in the best way. It's almost cartoonish, but it is so perfect for it. And it's also that era, that era I love where it's like, everything's a little bit bigger or slightly smaller than it needs to be. True. <laughs> but Macbeth, Lady Macbeth in this one scared me so much because she's just always looking off into the She's distance. the arch villain. Yeah. She doesn't look at him. And her suggestions that she makes are so almost like monotone. And there's very mm-hmm. few moments where she like looks away or even moves suddenly and it's striking. Yeah. But I love that. I love the depiction of the ghosts in that one. So I, I was, I I'm glad you said you were starting to watch other versions. Cause I, I don't know that I would have seen this anytime soon. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Throne of blood, uh, a great one to watch. Uh, yeah. Another one that I watched was 2001's Scotland PA. Yeah, that's a fun one. And so that one is kind of the uh, um, the most detached from the actual <laughs> yeah. story of Macbeth. It's not in Shakespearean language. It's it was made in two thousand one, and it is about uh, it's it's set in Scotland, Pennsylvania, in the nineteen uh, seventies, and it is about a fast food manager who overthrows the former owner of a restaurant. And then Christopher Walken comes in as 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 a police officer and tries to uh, solve the crime. Yeah, that's great. And you've got I love that they turn Macbeth into B.E.T.H. Yeah. Macbeth like a McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. M.C.B.E.T.H. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. 
Uh, that version, I thought, I thought that version was like fun and uh, and weird. It's like not the not the greatest version, but definitely fun. It has um, Speed Levitch, who was in the movie the with in the documentary The Cruise about yeah. him as a double decker tour guide in New York City, and it is one of the greatest documentaries of all time, and everybody should watch it. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Didn't he have? A, oh, he had a show. He did have a show. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I Nothing's like him. the cruise. Uh, I actually saw him at the True False Film Festival giving a tour of Columbia, Missouri. That is incredible. Have you it seen was, the cruise? I have not. Mm-mm. See the cruise. All right. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do. And the last version that I watched was the 2015 version. It was kind of like the most recent adaptation with Michael Fassbender yeah. playing Macbeth. And that was interesting because it there's like the beginning of Macbeth. It it talks about a battle having happened. And that was one where it's like you're in in Shakespeare, all of the all of the action is on a stage. So there's like not a whole lot of like room for like battles or being anywhere else or things like kind of happening through space. And that one was like, let's explore more of the boundaries of what we can do with Shakespeare. And so they show the battle in the beginning. Uh it wasn't. I didn't think it was like the greatest in the world, yeah. but it was like, it was a very beautiful one. There's like lots of great shots of Scotland. Um, very, very long, but the story of Shakespeare. Of Macbeth. I do want to point out one more that I started watching and I haven't finished yet. And there's a good reason I have it, which I'll get to, but there's an Indian version that came out in 2003 oh, called, called Makbul. Oh. And it's, it's Macbeth set in this contemporary underworld. Um, and the the instead of the ghosts, you have two corrupt fortune telling policemen. What? How come I haven't a, heard of this one? Which is a great version, and it's it's very much like a like a uh, it's just like a uh, a gangster like a gangster corrupt you know corrupt cop story, but yeah. with the the Macbeth storyline, and I've been really enjoying it. Um, even though I've been watching it on Hulu and the subtitles are not working for some reason. Oh, oh boy. But I have just watched. How's your Hindi? <laughs> I just watched a couple versions. So I'm like, I think I can well, just sure. watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what's happened out of the plot points. Yeah. But I do, I am going to rent it on Amazon so I can actually understand the words. But it stars Irfan, who's like one of their biggest stars. He actually died last year, which is sad, but he's like one of India's biggest movie stars. Uh, he's been in a bunch of American productions too, but I highly recommend not on Hulu because unless it's just my TV, you can't get the, <laughs> get the right. But Makbul, M A Q B O O L. I am one hundred percent watching that. Yeah, it's um, really good. But in running through those, the four, all of that is to say that this is the best version of Macbeth, the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, I, I like all of those kind of highlighted pieces of what make the story great. They were like interesting in their own way. But this version, the tragedy of Macbeth really makes you understand the characters. It is in every single way. It was the best movie of all of these. That's great. I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, the trailers alone look, look so beautiful and I love the paired down. And I, and I also would recommend watching other versions because I do think that that's what, a thing that makes Shakespeare fun um, is that this is a 400 year old story that has been done a million times. And so kind of like it is one of the, I think one of the only 
movies that you can go into totally knowing everything that happens. And it kind of like, it is, at least for me, I liked knowing the beats. I liked knowing what was next. And kind of the, you know, the interesting part of Shakespeare is comparing and contrasting the versions and seeing the choices that were made. Uh, I think that's a really interesting aspect of Shakespeare and also why it is done over and over and over again. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. See as much as you can. Bring bring Shakespeare back. All right. Tragedy <laughs> of Macbeth. I also think that you should watch it in the theater because Shakespeare is a thing that you are going to want to check your phone if you're watching it at home. It's a thing that it's like, it just, you know, it you you need to be, you know, locked in and in the theater, at the Oriental Theater, um, it, is a great way to see it and also to see it on the big screen. I think this really, I know it's coming to Apple TV in like a week, but I, I, I really would advocate seeing it in the theater for this one. Yeah. A hundred percent. So tragedy of Macbeth wrapped Christopher, you did not see tragedy of Macbeth. So I do want to know what else you have been watching. I'm going to tell you a few things and they're all mm-hmm. going to be Shakespeare related. Oh, awesome. Um, I, I just want to say again, Throne of Blood was a revelation. <laughs> yeah, so, Throne of Blood was great. I'm so excited to dig into more of Kurosawa's movies. I'm so excited that you're making a drawing of that because it's so it's such a good one. I like you posted about what should I draw and who should I draw, and I yeah. was like, I was like thinking, you know, I, of course, like I'm thinking of like my favorite stuff, and then yeah. I was also I was like, but you're, I was like, but. Christopher is going to be drawing these. So you need something that's going to be like visually striking. And I was like trying to think of like who is visually striking or what. And yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. You have visually, visually striking and visually thrown striking. Of blood. If you look up visually striking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a, like a arty farty artist, but how can you not draw pictures of this movie? For There's real. so many incredible elements. Their clothes in general provide all the material I need. Pun intended. I want- there's a <laughs> there's a couple of scenes that I'm thinking of that you could draw. Yeah. But I am I'm eager to see which one you pick. I genuinely think I want to combine some of them because there's too many wonderful things not to put in. So I think without being over 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 the top about it, I might like combine aspects into the same scene. Okay, cool. but loved that. Um, I want to shout out two more of my favorite Shakespeare films. Yeah which I have not watched recently, but I will now that I'm on this like kick. Um, yeah. The first, and people fight me on this, is Titus by Julie Taymor. Okay, I've never seen that, but I remember going to Blockbuster as a kid, and the cover of that was like Anthony Hopkins in all blue, and it was like so, the cover was so blue, I always wanted to see it, yeah. but I have never watched it. He's caked in blue. Caked it's supposed blue. to be mud or blood, but it's just, it's blue. She's she's the she's the creator behind the stage production of The Lion King. So right. also <clears throat> a Shakespeare joint. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh don't uh and also it's the stage version of Spider-Man, but don't hold that against her. <laughs> she is such an incredible visual director and she takes the uh, Titus Andronicus is the bloodiest of all of Shakespeare's Yes. Dude, I saw some people saying, oh, Macbeth, uh, Shakespeare's bloodiest Not play. And I was like, I was like, what about Titus Andronicus? Not, Not that I even, even like know anything about Shakespeare, but I know that that <laughs> one is the bloodiest. It is. It's like and the most creatively gross. Yeah. Really good. But the way they 
treated in the movie, of course, is so visual and cool. It's not really that graphic in the movie, but it's uh, visually really interesting. But <clears throat> Alan Cummings is in it. He's amazing. It's got a great cast. And you'll never, I mean, you won't get bored. No one's looking at their phone while they're watching Titus. There was a, I listened to a podcast. It might have been This American <clears throat> Life. And they talked about a stage production of Titus Andronicus, which is the only reason that I know that it's the most bloody one. And yeah. they, the the whole part of the podcast was they started doing this production and people started puking. <laughs> 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 wow and it was like and every production people would puke or pass out because they used so much blood on stage <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a whole thing so i guess they 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 foregoed <laughs> foregoed they went without the uh just red ribbons coming out from right. people's well, yeah. no they used full real i mean they do know, blood murder a man's kids and then bake them into a pie and feed it to them. That is so what? That's just <laughs> that's one that. scene. That's one thing that happens in this movie. Okay, I will. Uh, I will have play. to finally watch that. Titus is my... amazing. Yeah, and then uh, Ray Fiennes starred and directed in a version of Coriolanus from 2011, and it it's updated to be like a modern military setting, like very modern military setting, and. Uh, the play is very military oriented. Um, it, it's really, really good. I mean, I have nothing to say about that other than really high quality one They're in a very cool setting. So I recommend those two very much. Um, I like those a lot. Great. I have one thing that I want to talk about. Yeah. That is not movies. Cause obviously I've just been watching Macbeth. Um, but I, I do want to talk about the book that I've been reading because it is so incredibly good. Yeah. I have I have been reading High on the Hog. Oh, yeah. I've actually read a little bit of that so far. Yeah. So it's by Jessica B. Harris, who is a uh who's a, a chef and a a food writer. And it was made into a Netflix series last year and so that's yeah. a lot of people know it through that but the book was written in 2012 and i kind of got i'm going to atlanta this uh this weekend and yeah. so i was like oh i'm gonna i want to read a book that is going to be like based on the the food of atlanta and so i got it and the writing is absolutely top notch i was not i was not ready for the writing to be you know as as good as it is i've been reading like a lot of food stuff recently and it's some of it is better than others and uh, high on the hog is just like it's such a great journalistic look into um into the food of the african diaspora in america and it is it is a straight on look at slavery at the way that you know, the way that things were and how what 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 food was available in Africa and in America, how they made it work. And uh, it is just it's an incredible book. And I would love anybody who is like thinking about or has seen the TV series or is thinking about reading it. I would really advocate for it because it's a great book. Yeah, I can. I mean, I've only just dug into it uh, a while back and then I, I need to get back to it. But I can attest to all of that. It's really well written stricken by it right away and then uh there was like i forgot there was some connection to it recently that i heard other than the television show which also highly recommend that show um but i need to i need to go back and uh, read more of it so i'm glad you're i'm glad you're digging into it 
Um, I heard you get up and get something. Are you? Was that something? Did you hear me get or, up? Oh, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> I was like, all right. I'm just talking to myself right here. I'll, no, uh, no, I got no my, problem. <laughs> I had my headphones on, and they didn't reach as far as they needed to go. Uh, there's another book um, that I've also just kind of skimmed through so far that's similar. Um, can I? Can can we pause for a second? Okay, what's up? No, it's useless. <laughs> I I have all my I've not put my books in any sort of order yet. Oh, I never do. Uh, so I ain't talk about it. I think time. books in order is not a good look. I I don't I I, I have agree. a billion books, but I I think if you have like all the authors' works next to each other or like I don't know, I think books are better in disorder. Personal okay, opinion. let's Kenny. We're keeping this in because I have a lot of thoughts on it. Oh dang! All right. I mean, not a lot of thoughts. I agree. I don't love them in order. I like grouping them a little bit. Like I like all my nice collectible ones near near each other. I like all my comedy books. And then uh, yeah, I, I have mine yeah. loosely based on theme. I have yeah. like I have a shelf that's like my favorite books. Like and that and that's yeah. a whole thing where it's like every year I like I will move something down or I'll move something up. Yeah, you know, right. it's you like a out. constant like you know reevaluating. And then I have like I have like a lot of like travel books and. And and food, food writing books, books yeah, you know, in kind of loosely things. I think that's what I haven't done yet is put all the food books together. And then within the shelves, I just want to put them in a loose order so I can find them quicker. But I agree. I kind of like having them. I kind of like searching for them because then I keep going through them all the yeah, time. Yeah, me and too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what people, you know what I do that, uh, what people do that makes me insane? Uh, color coordinate. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, that does make me insane. But the thing I'm, is, when they put the when they put the spines toward the wall, toward inside, I, I, I cannot even get into it. What's I, I mean? I, what's the point of it? Do you hate books? It's the, like you hate oh, books. God. The yeah, the point is to have a neutral color on the wall, but have the uh, the appearance of literature. Oh, I I also like, hate. It. I, I don't want to like. Go ahead. No, I I understand using books as decoration as long as you too. as long as you're not just randomly choosing books because they look good. But take books you have, use them as decoration. But do use the book. Like don't just use that's, it for a color. That's, use the that's, book itself are so beautiful. I agree. It's like, and that is the constant reminder of like looking at the shelf and seeing, you know, like yeah you're seeing your vesper flights which i'm looking at right now or you know or black hole and thinking oh that was a great book uh, yeah you know whatever yeah, be reminded of like oh, yeah yeah so that that makes me but and on a high note yes <laughs> a positive note books that's it that's the high, <laughs> right. that's the high note. okay tragedy of Macbeth on Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited gracefully by DJ Kenny Perez. <laughs> oh, good luck to you, sir. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician and author Brett Newski. Oh, he's the Shakespeare of Milwaukee. Wow. Uh, thank you to <laughs> Associated Bank. Thank you very much. Thank you uh, members of 88.9, Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Oh, you're beautiful people. And there's one more person that I would like to thank. Who, who is that? Who is that? The McDuff to my Macbeth. How uh, dare you. Christopher dare you. Pollard. My, thank you. My ghost will haunt you. <laughs> All right. 
Bye. Bye.